Welcome to It's Who I Am, the podcast, where we celebrate the unique life experiences that make us who we are. We're your hosts, Hannah and Rachel Vasicek, and every fortnight we'll be bringing to you a dose of inspiration and storytelling. Interviewing women across Australia and abroad who vulnerably and candidly share the depths of who they are. This podcast is brought to you by Francesca Jewellery. So we started a podcast. We did. We don't really know where to start. (laughs) So we did recently, um, we had the brainchild of starting a podcast because why not everyone else seemed to be doing it. And we like to talk. We do like to talk. So we have started this podcast and we opened up to our audience a little while ago on social media to see what they wanted to hear from us. Yeah, so a lot of you want to hear, you know, the backstory behind why we started, what it's like working with each other, we're sisters, and I guess all of the behind the scenes. So yeah, we're going to share with you a lot a lot about us and a lot about the brand. Okay, so do you want to tell everyone what we started because you didn't actually say? I didn't. I get ahead of myself all the time. We started Francesca. So Francesca is a jewellery brand. We're based in Tassie and it all started 10 years ago at Salamanca Markets. I was 16 and Rachel was 11 and I was already making jewellery. Um, it was beautiful. It was. Now that I look back at it, I thought it was really beautiful, but <laughs> we grow, we learn. And it actually was called Handmade by Hannah. So Handhand.com if you're interested in looking at one of those websites where you can go back and have a look. <laughs> At old websites, so it'd be quite entertaining for you also. Anyway. Thank you, Rachel. Um, yeah, so Handmade by Hannah was honestly all Handmade by Hannah and it was sold at Salamanca Markets and it was through those times that we realised that we absolutely love making jewellery. At this stage, Rachel had her own little side enterprise, which uh, was... Um, <laughs> do we have to go into that? It was called Cute as a Button. So I made button jewellery and <laughs> hair clips and... Look, it was a time in my life when I thought I was really thriving. So, you know, I was obviously mimicking someone older than me in my life. So, so good. So essentially, yeah, from 16, we were trading at the markets and really what was a passion just grew and grew into something that actually was a business in the end. And I think what happened was I was making a lot of pearl jewellery designs for an older demographic. And I thought, man, I just want my own friends to be customers. And so that's where Francesca evolved. We were thinking of how we could do a boutique brand and have something that had a really strong brand behind it. And, yeah, Francesca was born, which actually was the name that my mum wanted to call me when I was born. Our mum. Our mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, you always say that. Um, my mum. I'm like, hey. She's mine too. Um, yeah, the market days were something crazy. I remember um, setting up down there and having to like literally lug. I think I got the shit little sister job, to be honest. I had to lug these like big ass boxes down the cold streets of. Hobart. I was teaching resilience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, and I had blue fingers for it. Anyway, we were um, setting up every Saturday, and I think that was the perfect area to grow a brand because, mm. you know, you was surrounded by different demographics. As you said, like we had an older customer base for Handmade by Hannah. Mm. But then we also had, you know, a few of your friends who bought different little pieces and eventually it became something a lot different. To what yeah. It started to- 
and yes. and each week we were able to like test new designs we'd talk directly with our customer and actually the one thing that I think was the most valuable thing was the 10 second sell so you have someone coming up to your store they know absolutely nothing about your brand and in 10 seconds you have to convince them why they should buy your bracelet and no one else's um so yeah it was it, I think that it was honestly the mm. best place to start a business yeah the markets were crazy and then obviously once the markets um you know became a little bit of a thing of the past we got our Harrington Street store which was tiny Mm. I was studying full-time doing a science and law degree whilst at the markets Rachel was finishing her grade 12 and uh, I guess the next best thing when we thought you know we would make it big time was to open (laughs) a store so I literally I remember it was $400 a week rent and I don't know how it's we were going to... a scary commitment for yeah. someone who has never done anything before. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it was three days roping in some friends and things like that. We went and got Freedom Furniture. I made some tissue paper pom-poms, pom-poms yep. which covered a wall and that was like an amazing art feature. Yeah. Um, we can put up a photo of that. And, later. you know, like we didn't know what we were doing, but we just winged it. Like it honestly was one of those passion projects that we thought, you know, I just turned down a full-time law position um, upon graduating and I thought, YOLO. YOLO. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a word of 2013, YOLO. Um, so, yeah, and then eventually I came on board the business. I was working um, every Saturday when I was in grade 12 in Francesca and, you know, it wasn't what it is today. We would have maybe two customers come in a day and that was pretty exciting. We gave really good customer service. Yeah, we gave exceptional customer service. But as well, the funny thing I look back at now is like the highlight of my week would be packing that one online order. Oh, my God. And I'd be yes. like, yes, I get to like put it in these boxes and I get to put the sticker on the, lab- uh, on the Jiffy and everything. That's so funny to look back at. It really is. And I think that was back, what, how many years ago? Seven years ago. ago. And to think how far we've come. And I think for a lot of people, they, you know, they might think, oh, these guys popped out out of nowhere. And really, we didn't. It's been seven years of just grinding. And I think that's... Seven years in the store and then take it back even longer for my time. (laughs) So I think think we're going on to 10 years, a decade since Francesca was born. Um, So, I mean, the podcast is called It's Who I Am. And it's all about defining moments and those times in our lives that have really ignited who we are and shaped the person we've become. So for you, Han, like what was that moment with turning down your law position and, you know, really taking on Francesca and opening that first door? Yeah, for me, it's funny. I, you know, I've been making jewelry since I was 12 years old and never, ever thought that it would be a career and it wasn't until I was in my fifth year of law science and law and I was actually sitting in a lecture one day and I opened this email and it said you're one of four finalists for an entrepreneur award and I was thinking I don't even remember entering an award and I nearly <laughs> died yeah someone else probably entered it for you <laughs> and I, th- I thought oh my goodness and I had to fly over to Melbourne the following week to present the business to a panel of judges and at this stage literally the business was one day a week um and it was whatever was inside my head at this stage and Rachel were, was still at school you were doing law I was doing law, yeah. And so I literally um, flew over to Melbourne in the 45-minute flight on the way over. I, I wrote down exactly what I thought Francesca would be, this massive international jewellery label with, like, models and all of this stuff. I even did cash flow forecasts and everything like that. <laughs> I think they were fake facts. Uh, yeah, fake no, they were, totally, forecast, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly just, just winged it and I presented 
my passion. And what's even crazier is I literally won. And I, re- I remember ringing my dad up and being like, um, so I'm going to New York next month. And he's like, get out. No, you're not. You only sell trinkets. And trinkets. trinkets. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I literally am. So, so that later that month we presented the business, I presented the business at the World Trade Center. So that was my defining moment. And it wasn't even that. It was a judge afterwards that came up to me and said, you know what? You actually could have an international jewelry brand. And it was that moment that I thought, wow. And you know what I think that is? It's like, it's it's a little bit of like fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. But he obviously like saw the conviction in you. Because yeah. you couldn't have like solely been relying on, you know, the past five years of the market. So totally. just starting to have that little shop. It has to have been that fire inside of you. Yep. Fire in the belly. And honestly, but you know what? I knew I had that fire, but it took someone else giving me that the go-ahead that made me think, yep, I can do this. Mm. And I don't think I would have turned – I don't think I would have ever turned down a law position if it wasn't for that person saying you can do it. Yeah, and it's so crazy because you'd think that that would come from, like, you know, your partner or your family, but it came from a completely outside source. Stranger. Yeah, Yeah. from a stranger. Mm. A life-defining moment. Um, yeah, that's amazing. What about you, Rach? So obviously, Francesca, we opened the store, everything like that. You just finished school. What yeah, made so you? I, I'm on a seven year gap here. Right. Yeah. I, I finished school, um, in 2013 and I was working, um, full time in the business to save money to go on my Europe gap year. And I guess I was kind of a little bit lost, um, as to what I was going to do in my, for my career and I'd always talk to Hannah and sort of I think the easy option for me to choose was go to uni and study something I am now such a big advocate for not just you know going by what everyone else does like all my ticking friends the boxes. yeah ticking the boxes and all my friends were going to uni and a part of me was kind of like shit I probably should do the same but I'm so glad that that year was so eye-opening for me um so yeah as I said I worked in the business for a year and earlier we said how, you know, not many customers would be coming into the shop. <laughs> so I had to find things that entertained me. And one of the things that I did was I started to um, look into, you know, Instagram. Instagram was only just starting and we had an account. You guys can scroll back <laughs> way back. At and- this stage, I thought Instagram was just so you could filter editing. your, yeah, filter your photos. When Instagram first came out, I thought it was a photo editing yeah, thing and no one else like saw your photos. It was the funniest thing. So hack, if you go really far back on Francesca's page, there's some really great Do photos. It. It's like mm. photos of Hannah Poolside with her <laughs> boyfriend, now husband. There's some chocolate bars she's grammed. It's oh. the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, so I kind of... But these of, are the things who made us who we are, so we're not yeah. deleting them. No, we're not deleting them. I think it's pretty iconic keeping them up there, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I started playing around in the shop with my iPhone probably model negative 10 and um, started flat laying different pieces of jewellery and editing Oh, we photos. both modelled as well. Don't oh, we took that. many selfies. Yes. We took selfies in the mirror. Um, and yeah, from that, I think I got the little bug for, you know, seeing an audience react to a photo and creating a brand beyond the shop front. Mm. So rather than being contained to this, you know, small space of reaching out to a community, we started building social media and I was blown out by the potential that that could create. And then from there, I really just honed in on 
acquiring skills in that field and I'd design on the desk and you know Pinterest was my best friend back then I would just stalk Pinterest and get inspired by different things and yet I never went back and since then I've just yeah creatively evolved and so yeah Rachel runs all of the creative side of the business the marketing and everything like that and we've naturally fallen into our strengths so I actually run all the um, business side of things Thank the st- strategy the numbers all of the things that Rachel hates so it's I actually absolutely tap out when you start talking about numbers anything, numbers or business orientated I it's like an old language to me so yeah I think you know in hindsight we're sisters, but we really do complement each other and, you know, who most we are of most of the time, who we are really, I think, together make the brand a stronger... Yeah, because, I mean, if we were dealing in, you know, each other's departments, we would definitely clash. That's one of the questions that someone said was, how do you guys work together as sisters? And, oh, my <laughs> gosh, that could be a podcast on its own. We have so many funny stories on that. And and I, I think that's... Honestly, our clashing has really made us grow as people. I know that it's made me like a stronger person outside of the business. And to be honest, like we have needed mediation. Like (laughs) We've gone to (laughs) counselling. We have gone to (laughs) counselling. And I think it's one of those things that I I don't think it would have worked if we hadn't have realised. And it's actually funny, a lot of our Frank fam who were our staff members were the ones who said, you know, you guys need to sort this out. Like we're growing so fast and the sister thing is like Mm. affecting you guys so much. And so we did. We went to counselling. I mean, let's take them back to when we were living together. (laughs) That was not a good time. And working together full time. This was hilarious. We were in the (laughs) share house together. And I mean, there would be times where I'd be like, Hannah, can I wear this to work today? And she's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, why not? And we'd get in the car and we'd be fighting. It would be funny as anything and then (laughs) start the ignition and then we'd be like so "So, what are you doing today (laughs) and we'd have to get into like serious work mode and go into the office and be you know the leaders that our girls desperately needed us to be and not let our sisterly you know bickering interrupt actually there's a really funny story because obviously it's never perfect and we're we're always learning but we had this um one staff member who she's a beater and about six months into her (laughs) six months into her working with us she's obviously a casual so you know just in and out here and there and stuff like that she one day it's like the the penny dropped (laughs) and she actually did not know that that we we were sisters and then as soon as she found out I think someone must have made a passing comment and she was like oh my god it all makes sense she was like they're so brutal to each other like what's the going like they couldn't believe that there was yeah and how did we ever onboard a person in this business who didn't know that we were sisters I know and this is the thing we live and learn Beck we love you Thank yep. you for making that defining moment for us. <laughs> oh, so many times. So, yeah, there's been, like, ups and downs continuously throughout our entire journey. Um, that's our little defining moments on how we started. They're very positive. But what about, like, the negative sides? Because there have definitely mm, been some yeah. long days. What was, I guess your, what was your, like, lowest day? Lowest day? It actually, I must say, it was only about two years ago and I was at a female conference in Queensland and obviously I'd run a business since I was 16. So at this stage, I think I was about 27, 28. And um, I remember it was Jules Sebastian was giving a speech and she was talking about owning out who we are and everything like that. And she asked us to literally 
bring out a, a notepad and a pen and write down five things that are who we are. And you couldn't be, it couldn't be a mother, it couldn't be a daughter, it couldn't be a wife, you know, business owner, nothing. Who are you? And I literally stared at this blank piece of paper for so long and I couldn't write anything and my heart just dropped. And I think that was my negative defining moment in that I'd completely lost myself and I only identified with the business mm. and it's funny like whenever someone would see me in the street they'd be like how's business how you know or they'd be like hi Francesca yeah or they literally would call me Francesca and I'm like okay I have completely lost myself and I I broke down I I put my I put my arm up and I actually said to um Jules I said what do you do if you can't write anything down? And I literally bawled in front of 160 women. And then afterwards, all these women came up and they're like, read this book, you know, read this, blah, 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 do this. And honestly, what I did was I I texted my mum and I texted my husband and I told them that I don't know who I am and that could they tell me? And it was, it was full on. And, you know, they wrote back these words that I just like, I just did not attribute to myself, you know, like caring or, you know, vivacious or, you know, they're things that are the who I am, but I had completely lost that. I could tell you my brand pitch, like I could tell you our unique, yeah, our elevator pitch, but I just didn't know who I was. So I think for me that that was like my negative defining moment, but it's probably shaped me the most. So how did you come out of that? Well, I mean, now, I'm still mom. working on it. But yeah, I'm so not. You can't define as a mum. I can't. Um, you know what? It's something that's always in the back of my head now, and it's one of those things that, like, even in ISO, like hobbies. I have oh. like studying these weird hobbies, like clay and like. When I, I used like, to do calligraphy. Calligraphy. Yeah. But see, like Hannah messaged me the other day, and she was like, "We need hobbies," but then we're both kind of like, "Let's start another business." Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And I think it's it it's comes one down of those to things what we're doing is our passion as well. Yeah. But I think it's just, you know, being aware that we are separate. And I think, you yeah. know, someone said that um Japanese people when they're um they work the same job until they're eighty and um at some stage there was all of these redundancies made in Japan and literally people were just not coping because they identified had completely so identified with their, yeah, with their career. So I think it's less of a problem these days, but Man, it slapped me down hard. Yeah. How about it's you? Still a work in progress. No, totally. And and it's one of those things I think now you you become more aware. aware. Yeah. Yep. So mine, what's your defining mine moment? Mine is definitely still a work in progress. Um mine is imposter syndrome. And it is it's only because I have I literally fell into what I'm doing. Um you know. You fell? Did it hurt? Hannah, <laughs> that is so lame. Um yeah, so I obviously didn't go to school. I thought I was going to, you know, be a lawyer or whatever. And I think that comes down to just not giving myself the time to realize, to ask myself the question of who mm. I am and what makes me tick. And that was like a little journey of self-discovery to find these things that I, you know, really related to in the creative world. But mine is, um, I don't have a defining moment I think this is always like a little niggle if I'm at a networking event or if I'm talking to other entrepreneurs um or other creatives that like I didn't go to uni and Mm. study a graphic design job I never did a photography course I've not done digital marketing and that's I mean I've come out of this a lot by the more I share my gifts with others and show that I can help them and you know whether it's like other business owners who come to me for advice 
that little reassurance that, okay, you know, you don't always have to follow the status quo of society. Was there a time that you you thought, okay, I'm not an imposter though? Like was there anything where you like had that confidence? Um, definitely like my first freelance client. Mm. When so I don't I don't freelance really. <laughs> open for bookings. <laughs> no, just kidding. But um about a Two years ago, I started freelancing for some small businesses in Tassie and sitting down with them and realizing how much I knew and how much I could help them and transform their businesses, like, excited me beyond measure. And I think that was the moment when they were kind of sitting there going, wow, this is crazy. How do you do this all? And I was like, oh, well, I taught myself. Um, That was a moment which kind of kicked my butt out of being a sad sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. So good. So, yeah, both defining moments that I think, you know, like, even though they're tough, we're very thankful for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would not have that. As well, it keeps me on my toes. Yeah, totally. I'm constantly like... Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> no. What are you doing? But, I mean, this whole isolation thing has yeah. been a challenge. Um, I know that I've struggled with my spare time and not, you know, feeling like the need to be productive constantly. I actually... um heard Ash London on the radio the other day. She was like, um, looking after yourself during this time is productive. And I was Mm. like, that is so good. I love that. Because I have a real, like, innate need to feel like, oh, Hannah's even worse, though. Achievement. To feel like we're achieving something during, you know, downtime. Totally. Switching off can be so hard unless I'm like, I've got a really good Netflix series going yeah and I think as well like another thing that has really helped shape who I am is actually understanding what I value and it was one of those Mm. I've done that exercise before where it's like when your life feels like it's just so chaotic it's usually when your actions aren't in line with your values honestly if you know your values you can pinpoint that like you know that discomfort yeah the irk in your in your um tummy and I think that's funny like achievement is 100% one of my values Mm. and it was someone who actually said to me because I just wanted to achieve business stuff all the time and it was someone who said Hannah can you reshape you know self-love to be an achievement or going to the gym Mm. to be an achievement and it's hard because I hate it totally and it's one of those things like and again you know another one of my values is energy and you trade energy for achievement. And yeah. so it's like burnout. Um, and it's it's funny. Like I think Rachel, you know, she 100% thrives off innovation and creative creativity. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why she doesn't like looking at the books with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No surprise. So, yeah, I think that's one of those things that like we constantly are asking ourselves what we value and that's really shaped who we mm. are. And, I mean, we get asked all the time like, you know, how do you start a business and what what do you need to do and did you know that you were going to, you know, end up where you are? Mm. And I think you can't, you really can't calculate the process. No. Like, it's different for everyone and these, like, defining ups and downs and the struggles and the achievements are, like, all a part of everyone's unique journey. Yeah, and I think, though, that the hard thing is business is so hard and I think we have 
like we have decided that there's probably three ingredients to starting a business that you need and that you just shouldn't start a business, you know, to make money. The first one that we've always talked about is you have to be completely passionate about what you do. Like I'm talking, you want to, you want to be able to go to the job every day and not be paid for it and still be passionate. You're excited about what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. 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 The second one that we've always discussed is um, conviction. So early days, you do have to fake it till you make it. Like you have to have conviction. I remember when we, you know, we'd go to Telstra Business Awards together (laughs) Two little dorky girls, and the, there's a room each other on, like, live, <laughs> live TV, TV who who literally have to you know like go to these networking luncheons with just fifty year old men, yeah. and it's like one of those things that That's you like have to. I feel so out of yeah, practice. but you have to believe in what you want to do and your business or your um, passion so much that you could convince anyone that your bracelet is literally like the best bracelet in the world. That's the conviction that we're talking about. And I think the third thing that we've always discussed, and this is one thing that just we need more of, is perseverance. Like Mm. this day and age. When the going gets tough. Yeah, keep 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 going. Good work, Rachel. But it's one of those things that like I think we're in such a, you know, an instant instant world that we want things straight away and yeah. it is just not going to be there straight away business is perseverance like for us it's 10 years of grinding and failing and thriving and everything yeah. in between so that's yeah it's the ugly instagram posts 10 years ago that got us to the beautiful feet exactly <laughs> perseverance so yeah, I think this podcast is about, you know, showing showing what we've done, sharing our failures, sharing our successes and yeah. Yeah, and so from here you're gonna absolutely get to know us on a whole other level to what you were used to. I'm the dorky one. No. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and but also we're gonna be interviewing some incredible women. I think one of the greatest things that's come from being um involved with Francesca and the journey is meeting a lot of amazing people Mm. along the way and we're very fortunate to be able to have this network of inspiring women and I know the word inspiring is thrown around a lot these days and it kind of comes with a bit of a wishy-washy meaning. Aspirational even. Yeah like you know these are real people who have stories that you know just like us from the market stalls to where Mm. we are today you don't often get to hear the journey that they've been on yeah and that's what we want to do for you guys we want to you know names in business that you'll be very familiar with we're going to get them on the show and we're going to tell their story and it's about about she did it too and this is you know I think I'm really excited personally and so is Rachel for our first guest speaker because she honestly is the person who we're like she's living in New York like she did this every single tough day that's who you look towards these people who've done it too Mm. and they're the ones that have gotten through and they also haven't lost who they are so yeah this is us this is it's who I am and we're so excited to share all of the stories so you've got she did it too to look forward to that's our first series and then from there we have a few other little secrets that we're going to be um revealing to you but we're going to keep it pretty under wraps for now and hope you enjoyed the first episode thank you bye bye thanks for listening to our podcast it's who i am don't forget to subscribe and leave a review below you can also connect with us on instagram at francesca.com.au and facebook stay tuned for our next series she did it too